Hey guys, welcome back to the Black Space. It's your host Lexi here with my uh, friend. <laughs> you always have something to say. You always have something to say. And today we'll be talking about masculinity. So McKean, you're a male. I am a male. Yes. Do you want to give your thoughts on masculinity? My thoughts on masculinity. <laughs> um, we could go anywhere with this, but yeah. it's weird because. I would say definitely this year, I would say the last two years I was in college was like the most I ever had to engage with like the concept of masculinity, mm-hmm. like for real, for real. Um, like for me, I feel like there's a lot of negative that goes into thinking about masculinity for obvious reasons. You know, for me, I definitely stand in a place of privilege being like a cis hetero male. Mm-hmm. Um, even as a black cis hetero male, um, even within the dynamics of, dynamics of our own community, you know, that still comes with a lot of privilege. It comes with a position of power over women. It comes with a position of power and aggressiveness against, you know, like queer folk. Um, mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like what it is could be different. And for me, it has definitely meant different things in terms of the roles and responsibilities of what it means to be like masculine or what it means to be like a man you know what i'm saying yeah um so like it, it's definitely like a it's definitely a big topic yeah but, it is and i do feel like it can be real negative um but i feel like that's just because it's always been like associated with like um structures of power and mm-hmm. these ideas and concepts patriarchy. of power yeah exactly yeah patriarchy um and it definitely has been embedded in terms of like uh you know men's psyches across communities mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it could be something positive. Um, culture changes, culture shifts. So I definitely feel it could be changed, um, at least in terms of like the negative aspects of it. I don't believe all of it's negative, but there are some real like glaring like red flags that need to be yeah. addressed. Yeah. Um, something that just came to my mind is that did you see that Gillette commercial? Wait, was it the one we was talking about like? the you know it was like oh you know be kind yeah it was like it was it was okay it was targeting like basically toxic masculinity it was like in the middle of the me too movement Mm. and i forgot what the slogan was at the end but basically saying like they want better for men Mm, right and you can do better yeah yeah and i know there's a lot of backlash for that too by the male community specifically yeah that was stupid like i love the commercials i love the commercials Mm -hmm. in terms of like it was just something that was like um so positive in terms of like we can do better i feel like when people critique something um like people who are receiving the critique often think of it as like a a, an affront to them Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's like we can do better and showing like these positive traits in terms of like how you treat others who are not like you um and you know that comes like you know treat others who are not men cis hetero men how you treat women how you treat your peers Mm um you know so it's like it was positive. It was super positive. Yeah, I don't think there's a need to be offended by it unless, like, you're a male that does those things. And that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem because they copy, like, so many behaviors that... Aren't traditionally like, that, masculine. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that aren't traditionally masculine, whatever that means, um, which is disappointing. And so, like, they're all freaking out about, you know, oh, like, you know, let's try and pe- treat people with respect or like hey let's try and be like kind and sensitive mm-hmm. to like people in our community and that's okay and let's not you know <laughs> like dig into people uh, if they make a mistake like let's not do those things and it's like well i don't think that's appropriate for you because yeah da, da, da. Mm-hmm. it was weird like it was it was definitely like a weird reaction um 
because people took offense to what they felt was like a core aspect of who they were mm-hmm. um when the, those aspects of themselves aren't even healthy yeah yeah because i know like Piers morgan was definitely like talking a big time mess about it um and i was or at least i think it was Piers morgan i don't know some like some like actor i forget because it was either Piers morgan or it was like some other british actor uh, mm-hmm. who was definitely like talking about like um you know there's no issue there's nothing wrong with being a man yeah kind of like that same argument where it's like uh, i also saw on twitter it was a picture of like this shirt where it's like it's okay to be white it's like <laughs> it's like we're not talking about yeah. we're not talking about you know you and how you feel about yourself we're talking about the greater issue at mm-hmm. hand in terms of how this idea this concept is connected to oh, the oppression of other people's like we're not telling you like oh you should be ashamed of yeah. yourself like nah just do better one thing i noticed is that masculinity a lot of times is associated with aggression mm-hmm. so like the phrase like boys will be boys mm. no <laughs> no yeah i mean I, I feel that it's it's definitely associated with aggression um because part of masculinity is this idea or concept of what it means to be strong mm-hmm. um so like you know like growing up especially like being in like sports cultures like i played basketball and Mm -hmm. i played like volleyball in high school um and so especially like you know being in proximity to not only like you know a whole bunch of like basketball players and football players a lot of them young men of color um a lot of the ideas that were pushed forward is like you know don't you know show any weakness if you're hurting Mm -hmm. you're you know don't show that pain um or if you're yeah or if you're uncomfortable with something suck it up yeah um you know your discomfort doesn't come at the cost of us you know accomplishing this goal and how those behaviors then translate into like how we treated each other and especially mm-hmm. how we treated women um you know that's why sports psychology exists that's why because <laughs> those are all horrible coping mechanisms listen <laughs> those yeah. are all horrible coping <laughs> mechanisms yeah and then especially in terms of like this idea of like being able to like uh this whole boys will be boys thing that then gets translated into like okay you know, let's see how many, let's see how many, you know, chicks we can get, or like, let's see how many like people that, um, you know, we can create like these false relationships with, uh, and then when things don't pan out, we flip out on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like, cause then another part of that is also like emotional dependency. So it's like they look for a partner, and then they're like able to like connect and engage with a partner mm-hmm. on some level. And then when things don't work out, they start lashing out on that partner because obviously they don't have you know any other outlet. Yeah. So they lash out on like women. Uh, a lot of the time so it's like that's where the toxic part comes out um because it's so deeply entrenched in terms of like you have coaches you have even like you know teachers and just and like other people in the community and parents who are saying like you gotta go you know you gotta be hard like you yeah gotta, you gotta go you, you know can't show any emotion you gotta suck it up um and then that gets internalized uh it definitely gets internalized yeah and i think that's like one of the main reasons why a lot of men specifically black men don't actively seek therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember when I was writing my paper last year for like my normal psych class, it was like black men saw therapy as gay or like a mm-hmm. sign of weakness mm-hmm. to actually like seek help. Yeah. I don't know how it's quote unquote gay to better yourself. Yeah, that was yeah that that, that made me raise my eyebrows because it was like. That's stupid. Yeah, that's... <laughs> I, sorry, I don't mean to be uh, rude, <laughs> but that's not. But like talking to someone 
because you're having a hard time is not a sign of weakness. It's healthy. Yeah, it's like, normal. It's extremely healthy. And that was that's definitely another thing um, in terms of like masculinity and it's kind of like uh, opposition towards things that were like um, gay or queer um, mm-hmm. and considering that to be like the antithesis of like your manhood because you have to be like a cis hetero man who gets yeah. all these chicks in order to be like you know uh you know a man or masculine like identity markers kind of yeah yeah um and so what what was funny about that was like when i was on the team back in high school there was a bunch of like very like you know like uh like what's the word not gender fluid but like non well kind of like a like physical behavior between like the guys that would be considered like gay if done elsewhere outside mm-hmm. of practice you know what i'm saying so like we would have like teammates who would be like you know to mess with you they you know like you know slap you on you know slap you on the butt or mm-hmm. you know they would like you know reach down low for like you yeah. know your cro- and then everybody would just like laugh mm-hmm. and it was like <laughs> check about you guys like oh what's down there you know what i'm saying yeah. like that would be like normalized behavior in, in a whole bunch of the sports you know that would be considered like gay behavior and so it was acceptable within that range, um, you know, in terms of like being physical and having that be a part of like the back and forth um, between like you know the you know between other men. Mm-hmm. But in any other like case, yeah, it it wouldn't be. So it's like it's it's just funny because the behaviors and the mindsets don't like match up mm-hmm. because it's like okay over here you're talking about you know oh you know don't talk about that like gay stuff in front of me or like. Mm-hmm. Um, like, hey, man, you know, that's real, you know, don't, you know, why are you acting gay? Like, why are you acting yeah. soft? And then you're out here, like, literally grabbing, like, all, all the lower extremities yeah. of your homies during practice. So it, it was just, like, this funny, weird, like, irony in terms of, like, you have this, like, sort of, like, sexual expressiveness that you want to share. But at the same time, you just down it completely if, if someone actually, like, identifies that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and especially in terms of, like try you know associating that with like not wanting to see therapy or even just talk yeah that that's that's not okay like i know michael b jordan after black panther Mm -hmm. he said that his role of killmonger put him in such like a isolated depressive place Mm -hmm. that he needed to talk not he needed to talk to someone and when he came out and said he sought like um, sought out therapy he got the help he needed and then he also talked about how like black men don't necessarily advocate for therapy but like him coming out and saying that he went to therapy was like a big step forward in the mental health community mm-hmm. especially for minorities yeah yeah definitely it was definitely a big deal and you had individuals on social media definitely talking about like what yeah you know it's like why are you tripping over like playing that role you weren't no Heath Ledger from Batman yeah but (laughs) everyone has problems everybody has problems everybody has everybody everybody processes things differently Mm -hmm. and especially if you look closer at his role like you have like if if you look at like Black Panther like in a a larger sense it's kind of like this very like exciting like you know culturally vibrant Mm -hmm. um very like expressive bright movie but the role that he was playing was dark was dark yeah it was extremely dark and some of the most emotionally poignant points in the entire movie were like was where i could connect with him in his pain Mm -hmm. and that says something for you to be able to connect with any like performer uh and the role that they're playing Mm -hmm. 
like that, like emotionally and viscerally, they have to really go to a certain, yeah. they have to go deep to a certain point to be able to convey that emotion and feeling mm-hmm. for you to like actually care about them. Um, so for him, like talking about and expressing that and having people trying to clown him for it is definitely like mm-hmm. not okay. And it was a big step because you're definitely putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, and I also feel like as an individual who's gone to therapy um, and having to, you know, seek out help for something that I was keeping inside my heart for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, especially just in terms of, like, the way I was treating myself, um, you know, in terms of, you know, not wanting to seek help. Um, it wasn't even, like, a, you know, like, a outright, you know, me not wanting to be a part of that mm-hmm. or me not wanting to get involved with therapy because I thought it was, like, bad or I thought it was weak. But it was, like, you know, because I, I support, like, you know, anybody in my family and my friend circle to you know seek out the help that they need but it was like in terms of my internalized masculinity i thought i didn't need help because i should be able to handle it um so for to have someone of that stature go out and like you know make that admission because it takes a lot to just admit that like hey something's wrong yeah something's Mm -hmm. wrong and to be able to share that with people because it's scary you don't know how people are yeah vulnerability is scary but it could help you yeah get better therapy scary at first mm-hmm. having to look within yourself is scary yeah do you feel like for um like a lot of like the men in your life um who are you know like the you know they kind of like position themselves and posture themselves as being like these like masculine like individuals and stuff like that oh yeah um do you feel like they have issues with being vulnerable and admitting that they're vulnerable or uh yeah i feel like a lot of the males that I'm surrounded by. Sorry, our EP June came to fix the camera. Did it work? Let's crack in June. It's okay. We'll ignore June. But <laughs> yeah, I feel like a lot of the men around me don't necessarily like to talk about their issues. Um, I used to have like a group of guy friends in high school, and even then, like it wasn't anything emotional. Or, like, vulnerable, like, the conversations I would have with them would just kind of be, like, superficial or, like, be about girls or, like, super sexualized. It wasn't, like, hey, Lexi, I'm going through a hard time. Like, help me out. Mm -hmm. Maybe they were seeking other people, but as far as, like, males reaching out to me, it's actually a few have recently, but, like, back in the day, no. Yeah. But I grew up in a household where it was, like, be, be tough don't let other people like bring you down but they still advocated for like you know expressing your emotions Mm -hmm. but some of the kids especially um a lot of the black youth i feel like is so desensitized well not black youth in general but i'm saying like more like how how do you say like the soundcloud rapper generation you know what i'm talking (laughs) about if they're either desensitized or everything's just depression Mm -hmm. i feel like yeah so there's no like form of healing coming through mm-hmm. like this is off topic but like the music you listen to establishes a mindset that you're going through mm-hmm. so i've had people reach out to me saying that they have depression and like they're just having such a hard time and nine times out of ten the first question i'll ask them is what are you listening to what are you surrounded by like is your instagram feed like sad depressing people that are posting quotes about being sad being alone isolating themselves is music you're listening to advocating for you to like be sad be depressed do drugs do pills because it's at then you can listen to whatever you want 
But if that's like constantly in your mindset, you're gonna start getting taking on those emotions. Yeah. Like it's okay to listen to sad music if you want to cry. Yeah. But like if you're listening to sad music every single day, you, you know I think that's, that's crazy. A it's sign a, for therapy. That's a sign. Yeah. yeah, that's a sign, and also another sign or indicator that <laughs> you may be uh, internalizing like toxic masculine traits. It can also be like through the music that you listen to. Yeah. Yeah. So like you have like a lot of artists that are out there. Um, who are like you degrading know degrading women yeah i mean that's been a constant yeah that's always been a constant in like <laughs> like hip-hop culture and but stuff I'll, like I'll that i'll listen to some juveniles the yeah because <laughs> i mean there's definitely right. i mean there's definitely always like a bunch of positive in hip-hop and that's definitely not the root of hip-hop culture mm-hmm. um in my opinion because the root of hip-hop culture definitely comes from like you know like you know like community and like expressiveness and creating something from nothing mm-hmm. but in terms of like they're on the you know opposite in the spectrum there's definitely people who you know in terms of like expressing themselves they're expressing like their you know innate toxic masculine traits yeah. in terms of like how they view women and how they value women um and so like that's that's funny that you even mentioned that because like for like a lot of like individuals and like what they're surrounding themselves in terms of like what's on you know their feed and you know what's in their ear like mm-hmm. a lot of that plays into like if you keep hearing about like oh you know like like if you keep listening to all the time like you know like you know can i curse on here i forgot yeah you can cuss oh bet okay (laughs) if you keep listening it's for everyone this is not academic this is this is real life all right bet that helps a lot so if you're always listening to like yo fuck this bitch man like she don't do like you know and she out here riding on my dick and da 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 like all, all the all the time like it's cool to turn up to but you know leave it at the club you yeah. know what i'm saying like once i go back home like there's so much more that you could be like surrounding yeah. yourself don't in. start your day at 7 30 in the morning listening to fuck bitches <laughs> women are shit yeah music yeah so it's like that plays into your mindset um and so and in terms of like the vulnerability that you're saying like even amongst like my peers um especially like you know like my black male friends back home uh like while we were growing up uh in terms of um, them expressing like things that were going on in their life or um expressing how they were feeling like everything was good until it wasn't good mm-hmm. like everything was good everything was jokes until the joke wasn't funny anymore um, like it wouldn't be okay for them to talk about their feelings or emotions until after like they had reached their breaking point mm-hmm. or after something that had gotten under their skin and they were ready to just like let it explode um, because they it was never like normal to like really like express like how things really were not to say that my relationships with any of my homies were shallow mm-hmm. um, I, like I definitely had like a lot of fulfilling relationships and a lot of close personal relationships back home but just in terms of like day to day it was like they're only like a select few i would say who were really like you know talking about like where they were mentally and how they were mm-hmm. feeling um, check on your homies yeah that's what ch- i have to say check on your strong friends mm-hmm. and the funny them. one the real funny one the yeah. one's funny all the time the one who's killing you in class with laughter <laughs> check on that one because we don't know what's really going on back home mm-hmm. i mean we can kind of tell especially if they're acting out but <laughs> regardless um, that was just like that level of vulnerability was never there. It was never normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I learned a lot of my relationships. Like for me personally, I definitely like enjoy like my relationships that I have with like my female friends mm-hmm. um, and the women in my life and um, the the women mentors that I have in my life because I feel like that level of expressiveness and emotionality and sensitivity allows me to share parts of myself that I wouldn't be able to normally share with mm-hmm. my male friends because they already have kind of like a wall up. Um, and so unless I'm like purposely seeking to like talk to them to bring that wall down to really like make sure that they're good 
uh, it's easier to just kind of like engage and I already have that be like the the baseline in terms of like how I engage like because I like being sensitive like I'm a sensitive dude like you I like it here first oh yeah I'm Makina super sensitive I'm a sensitive emotional sappy and single ladies and single <laughs> I'm just this platform this podcast has become a a dating app for all my friends. <laughs> I am a sensitive, emotional, sappy ass dude. <laughs> that listens to Smino. That listens to Smino. And we all know what that means. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for me, I enjoy having that connection and vulnerability. It's not always too easy to be emotional and vulnerable all the time, mm-hmm. especially if there's no precedent set for, precedent set for you. Um, but it's definitely cool in terms of like having that be like a like an avenue where it's okay to be that way um Mm -hmm. i appreciate that um for the people who are in my life who allow me to do so most definitely and that goes from um you know my women friends that goes for my queer friends um and even goes for like some of my male friends who actually have that like emotional capacity emotional iq as well Mm -hmm. yeah most definitely yeah we have to get to kids young oh oh yeah almost definitely bell hooks bell hooks advocates for black boy love it's a beautiful thing. I know, it really is. Along with Black Boy Joy. Yeah. Black Boy Joy. I love saying that hashtag on Instagram. Yeah. But back to toxic masculinity. Mm. I had an experience this oh, weekend. Experience. Oh, oh, no. Well, I, I was a, a third party watching. Okay. And I was in line to go to some party with my friends. Oh, so you was getting lit. No, I was not. I was a DD. <laughs> I was being responsible, yeah. making sure everyone got home safe. Right, you know? you're, you're out here being like, you know, cognizant yes. and present mm-hmm. and clear headed. The mom. The, mom. the mama. All right, mama, what's good? Please don't call me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, yeah, and I saw this man mm-hmm. literally stop behind a woman, take a deep breath in, taps her on the shoulder and says, Excuse me, miss, but. I'm really, really attracted to your um, your dairy air, and I I quote he said your dairy air, and she's like she felt uncomfortable because she was surrounded by females, and this aggressive male came up to her, and she was like thank you, and he's like now I'm gonna focus my time and dedication on talking to you because I guess he was hitting on other women in line. Okay. And then I guess this girl said no, so he starts going off about how. Her saying no is population control and how real men go out there and get what they want when they want it, no matter what. And women just need to accept it because the government is trying to control our population. So he tried justifying raping this woman. And and everyone in line just stared at him like, "You're, you're kidding me, sir. You're kidding me. um, But the fact that that's actually like in the minds and I'm just tripping over the population control thing. I'm I'm really trying to (laughs) I'm really trying to piece like I'm really stunned. I'm really just trying to piece like any logic that's there together, and it's not really it's not really adding up. Okay, like in the animal kingdom, uh you know, I forgot you're you're human. You you need to know. You you should know this. You took bio. Uh, I took bio too, but I I draw pre meds. (laughs) But like usually. Male about- animals, mm-hmm. you know, will try to impregnate as many women as they can okay. to, like, further their genes. Okay. So yeah. he was trying to say, like, you know, I'm going to do this to you regardless if you want me to or not. Okay. And you're going to have my kid and we're going to further on the population. That was his mindset. But the thing 
that scared me the most is yeah. that there's actual males out here mm-hmm. that are going out and like saying this to women but actually have this mindset that it's like it's mine i'm gonna take it like okay there's so- senators yeah. <laughs> there's politicians that actually have this mindset grab them by the pussy like horrible <laughs> grab them by the disgusting pussy. disgusting that this is so weird that's a weird story like especially because is that verbatim what he said yes Oh, I wish I recorded. Oh, that's I wish I recorded. Oh, that's some like I'm not completely there type. Oh, stuff. he like, was a hundred percent. I'm had, sure he had some mental disorder or but, some type of substance. Or, but my or thing is, just, is a, a I know. Psyche. I don't know. But my thing is, there's actual males out there that have justified the rape of women. Yeah. Or, it disgusts me that I've had girls come to me, and because I, I guess I'm a motherly figure again but i've had girls come to me Mm. talking about these males that are sexually harassing them sexually assaulting them and their guy friends have not done shit Mm. to the male Mm. and And they're still in the same they're still in the same same still in the same friend group yeah you're kidding me you're kidding me there are men out there yeah that know that their friend is a rapist and still hang out with them. That's not... Nah. No. And these girls are scared to open up about it. Because how can you trust them? Yeah. Because you're not holding them accountable. Because they don't want to lose their friends. I'm trying to tell them, like... You don't want that friend. No! You don't want that person around I don't around care you. who you are. If you're my acquaintance, if you tell me so-and-so raped me, sexually assaulted me, conversation done, never messing with that person again. Like, there's no excuse. There's none. There's, there's none. no, oh, well, she was drunk. You could be blackout, plastered, naked. If you can't consent, it is rape. Yeah. Horrible. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here. Horrible. So, so let's go back to the story real quick. Because <laughs> um, first and foremost, um, that mentality with homie coming up to um, like homegirl in the line like that's some dumb 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 stuff because number mm-hmm. one i feel like what a lot of men because when it comes to toxic masculinity it, a lot of it has to do with um like internalized uh internalized behavior and then or and well more so like internalized mindsets in terms of like how they perceive themselves and how they perceive the world ought to be that then translates into uh, behavior towards others. Mm-hmm. So when you have like toxic masculinity, um, a, a lot of it's like associated and connected to um, these ideas and concepts and structures of like power. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, like patriarchal societies um, were created so that they could reinforce the power dynamics and power structures uh, within, you know, given communities and silo those resources to, like, the men, you know. Um, I remember, um, like, there's, like, a, you know, like in terms of, like, the history of, like, the Catholic Church um, and, you know, how you see, like, patriarchal institutions and frameworks not only within societies but in religious institutions, part of the reason, like, why they don't, like, accept um, or for the longest, like, they didn't accept women uh, into, like, the... Uh, the clergy was because 
um, or they excluded women from the Catholic Church and any type of any sort of like spiritual position was because the men were more likely. Oh, and the reason why they weren't allowing the priests to get married that that was it. That was it. So the reason why they weren't allowing the priests to get married or having any women involved in the leadership was because the men were more likely to listen to the women um, than they were to listen to the other men in that given space. So, like they were willing to listen to the advice of like you know their their wives and the mothers um so they were trying to divorce them from that so they could like retain power so that gets internalized in terms of the individual because they feel like okay it's been all these years and decades and you know it's a man's world so it's like i have like this given power within me i need to exert that um you know power that Mm -hmm. privilege and then especially in terms like people of color a lot of times you know that mindset is definitely internalized but then it's also compounded with the fact of the matter that you know men you know men of color and black men you know live in like this very like oppressive society Mm -hmm. where we're at the bottom of the totem pole and we face a high deal of racial stress and we uh you know go through uh tons of psychological trauma in terms of you know dealing with like um you know the pressures of you know not only surviving in the united states but also uh the transiency of our like mortality right so Mm -hmm how do we regain control we control women yeah we we want to exert some level of control over something so it has to be women because if i can control women then i have some control in terms of like my masculinity Mm -hmm. and if i have control in terms of my masculinity then no one can stop me because i control myself not understanding that the thing that they think that they have control over is controlling them so like with homeboy coming after her and talking about uh, you know, I thought you had a wonderful derriere. Number one, Weird. that's already Weirdo. creepy. Yeah. That's already creepy. You messed up because that's not going to make her comfortable with you. <laughs> you already messed up. I'm not even, I don't got no game, but I already know that's not what you're supposed to do. You're trying to get a girl McKean, don't say you have no game on the air. <laughs> Whoa, I'm just being honest with myself. It is what it is. Uh, single, honest, sensitive, single, listens to Smino. Single, honest, sensitive, and listens to Smino. Yep, has no game. And zero but that's okay anyways regardless we're talking about toxic masculinity so, so when we're talking about like him making that move and then talking about like overpopulation because of the federal government that's just a lot of miseducation i don't even know, want to break that down because i i think we can all agree everything that he said was not correct it was not factually backed there's but there no are people precedent. out there that actually have these beliefs yeah. and that's what scares me yeah because he has no right to the autonomy of another human being mm-hmm. um in the audacity for him to think and the audacity for a lot of men to think that because i'm a man i deserve like this woman in my life to do these things for me um is again related to not only the power and privilege associated with like patri- you know the patriarchy um that has been entrenched in so many societies but it's also compounded in terms of like you know people of color in terms of like having that lack of power lack of control mm-hmm. uh, and, and then in to- toxic masculinity in general a lot of the time it gets toxic when again you have that lack of power you have that lack of control um because there's only so many people who get to eat at the top mm-hmm. and so what do you do you take it out on someone else um so that just makes me sick i'm tired yeah. of seeing it um and i think it's also funny because like guys could get way more like traction in their like relationships and like <laughs> their dating life by just being good dudes mm-hmm. and it's don't it, be an asshole don't be an asshole like you would be so it's, it's funny how it's a surprise for a lot of dudes like 
oh, like I don't have to be like mean as hell to yeah. this chick or for have, her like, to like me. Or, I have like, friends that are models. Yeah. And like every now and then they'll send me like some of the crazy stuff they get in their DMs. Mm. And I've literally, they don't show me the picture, but they told me like men have sent dick pics to them. Man. Yeah, unsolicited dick pics. Like that's supposed to be like, oh yeah, you sent me this dick pic. I'm gonna come to you. It's creepy. That is creepy. It's creepy. creepy. It's it's not attractive. Mm-mm. It's not attractive. So it's like I don't because I mean being that I have like you know like for me like I was mentioning earlier like you know I really like enjoy like the company and like relationships I have with like a lot of the females in my life and the women in my life. Mm-hmm. So in terms of like you know when I talk to them about you know how guys approach them and in terms of like how you know they've been treated by you know males in the past and stuff like that it's like it doesn't really work and it's just causing damage and so it's just sad because especially like a lot of guys think like oh you know i'm really doing it big you know like in terms of like you ain't you ain't like you're just damaging people Mm -hmm. you're damaging other people and you're hurting them and you're scarring them and you're providing trauma onto their lives and especially like in terms of like we talk about um like people of color in the black community um like you're already hurting someone who's been hurt mm-hmm. you you know and hurt hard um because if we you know black women um are the ones who for the longest times have had to you know in the united states for the longest time have had to take care of lead um heal support nourish nurture and fight mm-hmm. for our communities and having to do all these things at once simultaneously and then having to deal with the damage of someone who doesn't have their act together or have any sense of self with mm-hmm. it, you know, or any sense of control, you know, that's that's unfortunate because that that's already such a big mental health strain in terms of like dealing with all these societal issues and then having to have like that, that blow dealt, you know, like I, I couldn't imagine it. And it makes me sad because like, especially for like my, you know, all the black women in my life who have upheld, you know, who uphold me and strengthen me, you know, without even asking and support mm-hmm. me, um, you know, to do so much for somebody and to have them hurt you. Like, I, I can't imagine that type of thing. Sucks. It sucks. I'll take your word for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Black women are, uh, really are the mules of the world. The what? Mules of the world. Mules Mules of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Put everyone on our backs. For real. The whole team. Mm -hmm. Everyone. The whole team. Here's another thing though. Like I was talking with someone in terms of like whether um how what they thought about like black masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. Um and you know how they felt like it impacted our, our community and how they felt like it impacted both the men and the women, um and the queer folk and like what are the positives, what are the negatives. Um, but I had someone bring up like the point like you know this idea or concept of black mis- masculinity isn't really like black masculinity it's just toxic masculinity mm-hmm. do you think that there's a difference between the way that masculinity manifests itself in our community versus others or do you think it's just kind of like toxic masculinity and it's an impact on our people you know like kind of like the chicken and the egg yeah. type thing um I know that from a young age, black men are subject to a lot of trauma. 
and that combined with someone that doesn't necessarily it could be a parental figure or it could be a mother that didn't have time to necessarily be there and like completely nurture that child not allowing them to have like an emotional outlet can cause a lot of aggression and over time that leads to issues later on in life mm-hmm. my experience with black males has been 50 50 okay. so i have some like really cool ones yeah then I have some that are just like you know the over like masculization like super hyper masculine just like yeah I'm dude like keep keep that keep that quote unquote geisha away from me kind of yeah stuff. I I think if black masculinity wasn't necessarily so negative, there wouldn't be a need for like reformation with like hashtag black boy joy or like black men smile. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The hashtags that are trending and stuff. Mm-hmm. I do think that a lot of negatives get focused on, especially with like news outlets and popular media. But I don't know. I think I think it really depends on like one how you're raised, two what emotional outlets you have. Because if you're this person that has all this like aggression and has past trauma, and you've just been building it up for so long, and you have no way to like healthily express it, yeah, you're gonna have issues. Yeah. Like, even, I have friends that are dealing with, like, anger issues or depression that don't want to seek therapy. Mm. But I try to give them, like, healthy coping mechanisms. Like, one thing that a lot of people have told me that helped them is, like, writing all your negative emotions out on a piece of paper. Mm. And then literally crumbling up that paper. Or, like, ripping it into tiny little pieces. Never heard of that one. That one's really helpful. If you're feeling negative emotions, you can write down how you feel. Not even, like, sentences, just actual words. Yeah. Crumble it up, or you can rip it up, and you'll feel better. I promise you. I promise you'll feel better. Journaling works. Mm -hmm. But, I don't know. I think think it depends on the person you're speaking to, on their view of black masculinity. I know, like, a lot of the articles I read, because I did a project on um, sexual orientation and diversity, so I looked at Mm -hmm. black male... And homosexuality mm. um you know because like the black church is so like tied in with our community like religion is like a part of our culture yeah but homosexuality majority of the time is founded upon but again that's just like repercussions from like colonialism and mm. slavery yeah but um the literature says that a lot of um black queers see their queerness as separate from their blackness but then i've spoken to people that are black and gay or black and queer and they said it's like so closely tied mm-hmm. More, but i know yeah. yeah so it depends who's researching it who's writing it too yeah that's why diversity science again i'll always advocate it for it write your own story write your own story someone some i forgot who it was and he's like, I don't do research. I do me search. So do your search. Do your search, people. But yeah. Um, that was, that was, oof, what's yeah. your name? Me search. Me search. Do a whole presentation on me search. Yo, you should coin that. Me Make search. A I'm going to trend it. Me search shirts. Me shirts. Um, me shirts. Me. Me. Me search. Me search. You said it. Me search. T-shirts. Me search. Coming t-shirts. out. Come Look out. on the shop tab T- on our website. TBD. Yeah, because I definitely, when someone had brought that up to me, it was definitely like a very interesting thought in terms of 
like if you um like uh, i've been thankful enough to have like uh queer friends in my life who have definitely like educated me on like um black queer theory Mm -hmm. and understandings of the intersections of like blackness and queerness um and kind of like these ideas of like masculinity and how they um how uh, well specifically with like toxic patriarchal masculinity in terms of like how it uh how if you look at african societies pre-colonialism and you look at um the different cultural traditions and Mm -hmm. gender roles of certain uh, um, communities on the African continent, mm-hmm. uh, you have a lot of like variability and fluidity within yeah. gender roles and within uh, language descriptions of yeah. you know you know men and women, the roles of like the father and the roles of like the mother and how the role of the father was you know in regards to like um, like the union of like individuals and so like it'd be like a uh, like a man and a woman. And then um, if they, you know, if, if it was like polyamorous relationship, like if there was another w- woman, and this is within um, like a pre-colonial like Senegalese culture, like if you were to have like a, a woman um, marry into a poly, uh, a polygamous relationship, um, then the there would be two husbands instead of one, and the husband would be the original wife. Um, and so just kind of like, in terms of like once colonial was introduced colonialism was introduced you have like these institutional frameworks and structures Mm -hmm. that were brought in and so like some of the arguments that i've heard um for those who are more well educated than myself was that um along with like those patriarchal society societal structures and institutions uh you also had their you know in terms of like perception and view of what it means to be masculine and these Mm -hmm. roles to be played um, brought in that weren't inherent to indigenous populations to begin with. Yeah. Um, and so that's, you know, in, you know, within the African context, but it's also been um, something that I've seen argued in terms of like indigenous cultures within Native American culture or within Native Asian cultures as well. Um, and so, you know, it, it really brought up this idea was like when we talk about like black masculinity, you know, is it, you know, I wonder if like framing the conversation in terms of like, okay, Framing the conversation in terms of like black masculinity is this very like distinct its mm-hmm. own like thing, or is it just that no, it's toxic masculinity, and to kind of like connect it to being that oh this is black masculinity is you know mm-hmm. you know this is how black people are treating each other and it's like all negative and stuff like that, but or should we be thinking of it in terms of like no, it's like if this comes from a, a larger like umbrella mm-hmm. of um, things that have been taught you know to our community internalized mm-hmm. into our community um that isn't necessarily specific to the black community i don't really know um i think it's a conversation to be had um because i know how important you know framing and language can mm-hmm. be in terms of helping us understand certain things in terms of getting certain messages across mm-hmm. um so you know i just want to get your take on yeah. it it's, it's definitely you know you know i, I definitely need to run it by some people again yeah so. like I've, I've had conversations with um some of my friends and a lot of them are like, oh, yeah, like, power has been taken from us, like, from slavery days. So that kind of, like, trickles down to us now. So, like, when it comes to black masculinity, it's kind of this, like, all macho man, like, I need to be powerful all the time because mm-hmm. back in the day that was taken from me. Mm, so yeah. it's kind of like a coping mechanism yeah. kind of thing. I, yeah, I feel that. I definitely mm-hmm. feel that. I definitely see that. So um, that's definitely how I've viewed it amongst myself in terms of, like, anytime we talk about masculinity. Um especially in terms of like the the psychological psychological trauma 
uh, from the transatlantic slave trade um, and, you know, the, the maiming, uh, the separation of families, yeah. um, the, you know, this constant, like, uh, strip and removal of, you know, we're going to make you watch us, you know, beat your wives yeah. and your children and there's nothing that you can do about it. Um, and then, you know, making you, we're going to make you work and we're going to call you boy and you're going to mm-hmm. be less than and you're going to be, you know, a child, this infant, like, you can't control anything, you can't make decisions for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that gets, like, that's mm-hmm. deep, you know, that's deep. And it, it's unfortunate it has to come out in the way that it comes out. Yeah. yeah. But see, also this, or how do I say this? A lot of the research or even, like, the whole representation, the stereotypes of, like, black people being homophobic mm-hmm. no one really takes into consideration the history the trauma all the stuff that like happened before that kind of made that stereotype exist mm-hmm. so when you have like i forgot who it was but there was like a article on a very popular um gay activism like website or organization mm-hmm. that one of their spokesmen said like oh yeah like black people are homophobic we don't like them and they don't like us. And it was a white male that said that. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh. But again, oh, this, whole, <laughs> this whole thing oh. of me search, that's why it's so important to acknowledge your history. Yeah, that's a, that's a gross generalization. Yeah. I, I mean, albeit, no, there is definite homophobia within the black community. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that's, you know, I'm never going to say that there isn't. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's obvious it's apparent it's within our religious institutions it's within yeah. our older generations it's within our current generation mm-hmm. but <laughs> to have a to, white male generalize to have a white male a whole, generalize a whole entire yeah. race of people when you have black queer people within your community mm-hmm. you're now you're stripping away their blackness you yeah. know and that's still like a part of their identity the intersection of their mm-hmm. identity and that's ostracizing because homophobia I mean, anywhere there's patriarchal society, there's homophobia. Yeah. Like, you see it in the Arab community. You see it in Asian communities. Like, Thai... What was it? I think it was... What was it? Taiwan or Singapore? I think it was Taiwan. I think Taiwan is the first Asian country to... To allow gay marriage. Yeah, to allow gay marriage. To legalize gay marriage. Um, And you find it in, like, Latinx community. You know, Mm -hmm. it's it's not just... (laughs) I mean... Not just a black thing. It's not just a black thing. You know what I'm saying? Um... But it's definitely toxic. Yeah. Again, going back to that power dynamic, mm-hmm. um, especially in media, like back in the day, if you look at like black comedians or black actors that would, um, you know, play those characters of like the gay male, it was all always like super feminized or feminine, feminine. Is that the word? Feminine. Feminine. Feminized. Feminized. They were like super basically the opposite of masculine is what i'm trying to say yeah but they were just like in a comedic representation they just were the quote-unquote like like i'm trying to think what's that one movie like the the longest yard you remember that mm-hmm. the movie with chris rock yeah, yeah remember yeah. he played the the gay cheerleader mm-hmm, yeah, yeah and remember that representation mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah that's that stereotype yeah that yeah. stereotype is what's very prevalent for a lot of people in the black community when they think of like specifically males when they think of like being gay mm. and you know they want so hard to like hold on to their masculinity mm. that when I mean, any sort of like um gay representation that's like that they like 
push it away. Yeah, and I feel like me, me. I mean, that's definitely you know, in terms of like stereotyping, like mm-hmm. it's definitely limiting to think of like a gay person as only being like that fit stereotype of that crush rock character. Yeah. But you know, because you could definitely present as being masculine, but There's still more representation be gay. now, yeah. Or you could be like you know, a woman who presents as a femme or someone who's feminine mm-hmm. and still be a lesbian. Um, so you know, those stereotypes are definitely limiting. But also just in terms of thinking about or rethinking about um, kind of like what masculinity is and the traits that are associated with it and mm-hmm. how that those traits are of themselves like can be seen in women and not even just in terms of masculine contra- context but also just in terms of like you know women can be strong mm-hmm. women you know can be uh, like strong willed like women like another masculine trait um, in terms of like you know like athleticism like Mm -hmm. you know uh like you see a lot of the times it's like oh you have like you know this really like dominant like female athlete like you know like a serena williams Mm -hmm. and they're talking about like you know her musculature um being you know very like masculine it's like well maybe we need to expand our ideas and concepts of like these masculine traits because women can be strong women can be Mm -hmm. muscular you know there's a spectrum to this and why can't we see those traits as still being you know beautiful yeah. in terms of like you know them being expressed in like serena because serena's yeah. bad i know serena's always been bad you you she, afraid of little she muscle thick, thick. she's thick like but i think serena williams going back to like her being seen as masculine black women in general are seen as more masculine mm-hmm. than like any other race like i did um a paper on maternal issues mm-hmm. um for black women based on like the stereotype associated with them mm-hmm. And because these women are seen as more masculine, they're seen as stronger than other women. Being able to carry yeah. like certain loads mm-hmm. and certain pain so, tolerances. So like and, their yeah. pain concerns are often ignored. They get epidurals less. Mm. Um, they're a lot more likely to be told to be given a C-section. Mm. So their birthing plans are often ignored. Even mm. their babies, the way the babies are handled, mm. they handle black newborns more yeah. roughly than and it's weird white it's newborns just, there's this juxta- juxtaposition because then, mm-hmm. then black women are also like often the most sexualized yeah uh which is the jazz ball stereotype yeah exactly mm-hmm. um and so again like thinking about in terms of like what we view as like these traits these masculine traits that have to be paired with men uh and really like breaking those down and seeing how they could be like you know like um like how they it it spans across genders like mm-hmm. in terms of, like things that we think of like feminine traits um you know in terms of like emotionality and what we think about in terms of sensitivity and connectedness like for me like i would say like for a personal example one thing i definitely learned up in terms of like what i was raised um to consider being like masculine or you know considered to you know things that i was raised to consider when you know coming into my manhood by my dad was um definitely led by example um like in terms of you know looking at you know the man's like responsibilities and roles um having at the core the center of that always Mm -hmm. be in terms of like being like emotionally connected so for me like my example was not only did my dad teach me that it was okay for me to cry but he would cry with me that's very good and so that set up a completely different precedent for myself mm-hmm. because and i think that you had an emotional outlet i had an emotional outlet even at my worst moments where it was internalized and i thought i needed to carry it on my own mm-hmm. and, I, and i didn't need help and the moments where i couldn't anymore 
like or in the moments where I started learning and teaching myself like these are the things that are okay mm-hmm. you know in terms of like you know being able to connect and be open and of course my mom was always around you know making sure you know always checking in on me um, and my worst moments were when again like the, the toxic masculine buildup you know led me to like lashing out you know mm-hmm. on her like you know and that, that's not okay it was never okay and my dad let me know that was never okay mm-hmm. um and so like having her check on me constantly and always be emotional with me and then having that being reinforced by my father um definitely like set a different precedent for me in terms of like what masculinity should be mm-hmm. um because at the root of it all regardless of how you want to characterize or um you know uh, what traits you want to assign to yourself as an individual or how you want to express yourself within gender and sexual fluidity at the core of it all there needs to be a sense of empathy mm-hmm. and i think that could be a great strength um in terms of like what masculinity could be is rooting in empathy and having it be rooted in the idea of strength and wanting to care for and protect and support those and others around you um in a different way in a way that's not just focused on like you know it's like oh you know you gotta be the breadwinner of the house or anything Mm -hmm. like that but in terms of like support like thinking about in terms of like how can i use you know my roles within society how can i use you know the gifts that have been granted to me you know in terms of like whether it be physicality whether it be my mind to best support those around me mm-hmm. um so that's that's kind of like how i think of it and how i think it could be um but you know i and i see it in certain individuals and certain people within my life and certain mentors uh male mentors who have set that example for me uh you know regardless of there's definitely work to be done but i definitely think that you know that's where it could be you know we can start breaking down the things that we pigeonhole towards like masculinity and start to mm-hmm. expand them and allow that diversity i agree <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you agree yeah i'm glad you agree it's basically at the end of the day just be nice be nice be empathetic pretty please please i'm begging you as a female <laughs> that has to deal with toxic masculinity mm-hmm. on almost a daily basis from cat calling to just disrespectful men in general be nice. And listen to women. Listen listen, listen to, to your mother. Listen to your mother. Listen to your sister. Listen to your grandmother. Listen to your woman friends. Listen to them first listen before to you your, speak. Listen to your wife. And ask questions and listen first. <laughs> Whatever you think, if you're in terms of those who don't share like your cis, heterosexual, you know, male identity, always ask others first and get an understanding of what they're saying first. Period. Like, there's no other question about that like listen to women period. and if you feel that you are a male that has issues and needs therapy Seek please help please go to therapy it's, it's not quote-unquote gay even though i don't understand why you're using the word gay to see something as negative what's wrong with you have you not seen the what was it who what did the commercial well which, which commercial? i think it was hillary duff not Hillary Duff. What? Yeah, it was supposed to Hillary Duff. There was a commercial mm. where it was someone saying, like, that's so gay. And then she like, well, that's so Rebecca. And it's supposed when to be, like, negative. This? It was back in the day when we were little. Just you didn't watch like... TV. But, <laughs> but see, but, therapy. Yes. Lexi is completely yes, right. It's so amazing. I'm trying. I'm it pushing so for you. It's so amazing. I I'm telling you, when it. I open up my practice, calling all y'all, come through. Come through. 
come through. I might even visit. Please do, McKean. <laughs> even though I don't know the legality of that. <laughs> but please, come through. Maybe I'll have someone in the office that mm. you can see. We'll have other therapists. It'll be a big party, you know? It'll be a big old party. But males, especially black men, I love you. It's okay to cry. I love you too. I love all y'all. I love all my brothers out there. You are loved. Yes, you are. I mean that. I think that's it. that's it thanks for having me thank you so much everyone for tuning in remember to check out our facebook page our youtube we'll be on spotify and apple Podcasts. Dang, she's doing it all Whoa. we're doing it all all, God, all the platforms <laughs> we might even get a twitter who knows even though i don't like twitter but <laughs> y'all like it so i'm giving y'all what you need what you want what you want check out check out our merch pre-orders are happening right now be dropping mid-june i believe help help me please help Help me me. help Help me me help me okay okay that's enough that's enough mckean and in the words of my roommate stay black stay blessed stay beautiful thank you and in the words of the black space stay liberated goodbye (laughs)